Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey, pet parents, and welcome to today's episode of Your Natural Dog with Angela Ardolino. Our guest today is Dr. Linda Loudon, who is an incredible holistic vet with kind of a unique perspective. She has over 20 years of experience in emergency veterinary practice, as well as, you know, having a really kind of proactive approach to pet health. So she kind of comes at this world from both a proactive and an acute kind of perspective. And in today's conversation, we're going to be talking about when we need to go to the emergency vet, when you can handle it at home, and kind of how to be prepared in any situation and really understand what your pet needs. So stay tuned, enjoy this conversation. I think it's going to be really valuable. And we're back with Dr. Linda Loudon, and we're talking about when we should take our pets to the ER, which, you know, I think this is an important conversation because we don't really think about it until we're in the throes of whatever is happening and have to make that decision. It's funny because one of the reasons that I have my three tinctures is literally for that reason. Like I realized that the thing that happens is that when there's an emergency, we can't think straight. And if our pet is in pain or suffering, oh my God, it's the worst. And what we want to do is make that stop first. So I feel like a full spectrum hemp extract and any type of animal that suffering would help And then give yourself some so you can calm down. (laughs) And then you've calmed everyone down. Nobody's feeling pain and we can decide what the hell to do next. And we want to talk about it with you. When we should rush to the emergency room and when we can take care of things ourselves. When it's okay for us to assess, take a breather, maybe, I don't know, induce vomiting if there's a, a safe way to do that. What we need to do and when 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 we should go and when we shouldn't. So. Thanks for joining us. Oh, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. You bet. So what do you see pet parents do the most? That they go run off to the emergency room and you're like, you didn't have to do that. It's just this or you need that. Or I want to say one of my perfect examples is diarrhea. Yeah, diarrhea is a really good example. I think that's something that I would love for owners to have or guardians, as I usually call them, more information and knowledge in order to make decisions around their nutrition first in order to prevent the diarrhea because a lot of dogs are having diarrhea these days because we're feeding them poorly these ultra processed diets and their gut biomes suck (laughs) because of this we're told by our nutritionist have a varied diet to to produce a a strong gut biome you know but feed you we think feeding our dogs the same ultra processed kibble their entire life's will help them thrive. And why do, where's the disconnect? Why do we think that could be true? So we could prevent a lot of this diarrhea if we had that knowledge first. Now, if they start to have a loose stool, you know, there's, there's so much that you can do before running in because I don't want you running into the vet because they're going to put it on metronidazole. No. Now the gut biome's probably in some trouble 
there's inflammation and something probably disrupted the gut biome. We've got diarrhea. Now we're going to wipe out even more of the good bacteria with metronidazole. And the studies now, I've been saying it for years, but thank goodness there's studies now that prove it. So people are finally believe us who are more holistic. And so instead of going in for the diarrhea, you can adjust the diet, go to a bland diet, like cook for your dog, do some boiled ground turkey and some canned organic pumpkin, add for the fiber, add some psyllium husk. Psyllium husk and canned pumpkin are always in my cupboard and they're always in my suitcase when we're going on a trip so that I can manage any GI upset, which my dogs really don't get because I feed them really well, but it's always there if I need it, if they do get into something, you know? So you don't want to rush into the vet for, for diarrhea right away. If the diarrhea becomes bloody, if it's on your third day, now it's watery, it's not controlled, and other symptoms come in, like vomiting, abdominal pain, real lethargy, your dog's just not getting better, you're, you've tried these things for a couple of days, you've changed the diet, then go in. Something else might be going on. And I would even think that the biggest indicator is how they're feeling. You know, I've had my dogs have bouts of diarrhea and they're running around fine, mm-hmm. have an appetite, everything's fine. So we just, it's the body going, get out, whatever it is, get it out. And also when they do prescribe that antibiotic that destroys the gut microbiome, they're now even going, and here's Fortiflora. Is it Fortiflora? So you think, you know, to help rebuild because now they're so into the gut microbiome. And you're like, no, that's the worst probiotics that you could give because it causes overgrowth and all kinds of problems and takes it even longer to repair itself. Yeah. The Fortiflora, yeah, there's so many problems with it, but it doesn't have enough good species that your dog actually needs to right. make it a good probiotic. So it doesn't make sense. One of my favorite products is Dr. Harvey's Run Be Done. I mean, they're really, I, hasn't yeah. ha- I haven't had anything. Or Diagel, which is so cost-effective and awesome mm-hmm. and inexpensive. I can pretty much remedy anything in a day <laughs> yeah. with that. And giving the gut a break, letting it repair mm-hmm. itself, right? Can you speak of that? Yeah, I, I think just let it rest, right? I don't like it resting too long. And there's certain illnesses like parvovirus where the gut is really, really inflamed and I don't rest that gut because that gut actually needs nutrition in order to repair. And and that's a mistake. Uh, It happens to these parvo puppies. They go in, they're like, oh, I can't feed it. It's vomiting. I'll feed a parvo puppy through vomiting because they're not going to get better unless I do. Wow. So, you know, every parvo puppy gets a nasal tube, a feeding tube, and they are fed through that disease because the gut needs nourishment in order to heal. So we don't want to rest it too much. Even pancreatitis, right. I'll rest it maybe six hours at the right. most. But as long as I'm not giving them fatty foods or rich foods that is going to increase the inflammation, then I'll start them, you know, six hours later. And sometimes, even with my own dog, if he's got diarrhea, loose stool, I'm like, I want to get that fiber in because I don't want to clean up the diarrhea later. So I won't even let him rest if it's mild. I'll just get the fiber in. And what that fiber is doing is feeding the gut microbiome, right? It's keeping it, it's giving it what it needs so that it can constantly heal the body. I love also thinking about that if you've got a dog with a really healthy gut microbiome because you're feeding it the right thing and it does get into something, 
literally mm-hmm. that's what the gut microbiome is doing is helping it get, expel it and get it out. And that's what the diarrhea is. Mm-hmm. So we don't necessarily want to stop getting it out. Right? Right. Like some people will give Imodium because they just want to shut it off quickly. And that, that's not good. You're holding the toxins in. And so don't go out and, and grab Imodium for your dog. That, that's right. not going to help them. Same with fever. People are like, oh, we got to get this fever gone right away. Give it a steroid. Give it a, an NSAID to take care of the fever. But that's the body's healing mechanism. That's its alarm. And, and it, it needs that fever for a moment. I won't, there's certain parameters, you know, I won't let it go over 104 or I won't let it go on for more than a couple of hours at a high temp, but I don't always rush to give it something to stop the body from doing what it needs to do. Amen. I love that you're saying that because I feel like people forget that they really do. Our, all, all of us, our pets, us all have this innate ability to heal ourselves. We've got this system, immune system in us that literally that's what its job is. But what I feel like people don't understand is that when, if you were made the mistake of going to an ER vet and, and ERs are, I feel more difficult, even though one of my favorite vets was an ER vet in Florida. <laughs> but mm-hmm. a lot of times it's not, that's not the case. It's like they just are operating after hours they're, you know, coming into someone else's practice, usually, Mm -hmm. this is what would happen in Florida. I don't know if this was how it is everywhere. So that they were always like scary, you know, your vet's not there, you have no idea. Now you're not even allowed to go in. So there's just so many factors that make going to the ER so scary. But let's say you ended up at one of them, they gave a lot of times they also prescribe the drugs there without your permission or even asking you. So we, I definitely want you to help our pet parents about you're going to the ER. Are you, you're going in with a list of questions and what you want to know. So we'll talk about that. But I want to talk about how, okay, your dog hurt its leg and it gets a pain med and you're giving it its pain med. And I want to talk about the destruction of that pain med And that when your dog is sleeping, when it should be healing itself, instead, it's processing the synthetic medication and trying to figure out what to do with it. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times we want the quick fix. I feel like we're in, it's the society right now. We want the quick fix, move on with our day. And also it makes us feel better if our dog's sleeping right? Because we, we, we don't want them to be in pain. We feel like we're doing, we want to do something. We don't just want, and, and I do get that pushback from clients when they're like, but you're not giving me anything. You know, whether it's an antibiotic or an NSAID or a steroid, they're kind of trained to do that and they just right. want the quick fix. But that's not always the answer. And just sedating our dogs is not healing. Right. It's not healing. And just like you said, it's taking away from that body, concentrating on what it needs to be concentrating on. You know, I would rather them, you know, I think every owner, dog owner should have the CBD on their shelf as well. Not just because I'm talking to you, but because that is something they can do, right? I want to do something. I want to help them heal. Well, that's going to actually help your dog heal. That's going to go along with the healing, boost boost the healing with your dog instead of like just stopping a symptom. Right. 
and only helping and causing no harm. Right, like, right. I remember saying that, like, why is that? Where did that go? How come we're not causing do no harm anymore? Like, literally, that is the oath. Help without causing additional harm. And that's not how it's working right now. No, no, we're too quick to go to drugs that we're told are, you know, reps come in and tell us how amazing they are. And we're, we're quick to give them out. And I've done it when early in my career, that was me. Right. I did it. I was like, oh, okay, this, this is what I need to do. That sounds good. Me too. And yeah. And then, and then you learn, you know, and your gut tells you, wait, wait a second. I'm getting taught by the person who's making money from this. Let me think about that. Let me think about the source and do some of my own research. And then you realize, okay, maybe that's not what I should be doing. But vets are very busy these days, right? We're overloaded. We're overworked. We don't have enough staff. There's not enough vets. And so not, I, I don't want to bash other vets for doing that because I did it. But we're not looking upstream, right? We're so busy fixing, we're, 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 we're grabbing everything out of the stream, but we're not looking at the source because we're not right. taking that time to say, okay, where, where is all of this coming from? And how can I treat it there instead of putting them on well, instead of giving them a cytopoint injection and making the owner happy? How can I get to the root cause of that and take the time? And the vets are so busy that they're, they're just not taking that time. They're not having the time to sit and actually sit with their thoughts instead of going to the pharmacy and grabbing the drug and getting them out the door. Were they even taught that? Weren't they taught to go yeah. to the prescription? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. We're, 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 not, we're not taught anything homeopathic in vet school or nutrition. You know, those are things that I've decided, you know, early in my career that my intuition told me I should be something's off and I don't feel like I'm helping my patients. And we love you and thank you for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. And it's not an easy path for that because there's a lot of you get bashed and you get, you know, I have been doing this 20 years. I'm a prominent ER doctor, but they think I'm. Woo-woo, because I also believe in homeopathic, holistic care. Instead of being a better doctor because I, I have those tools, they think that, oh, that put, puts me down a notch. And yeah. I just don't get it. Yep, I don't either. It makes no sense. We should all have options and alternatives yeah. and know what the, if there is a natural way, what it is so that we can do it. You mm -hmm. know, we don't have to get rid of all of the pharmaceuticals. We just why can't we have that choice? Why can't a pet parent have that choice? You know, to say, yeah. please don't do the antibiotics. Please don't. And it's amazing. Uh, last time I went to a vet for a dental cleaning and two of my dogs got in a rumble and I had fixed everything except I missed one down here. So it was still like a little bump under here. He wanted to aspirate it. He wouldn't do the thing and sent, I, my partner took, Remy to get her teeth cleaned. Came back with 12 vials of antibiotics. Whatever. I'm like, oh my God, no. I was like, explain to the man what it is or whatever. Literally got rid of that one within a couple of days, brought her back. And he was like, oh, okay. And he did take back all the antibiotics and all the, the drugs and painkiller that he took with us. 
sent with us, but I felt it was like, there it is. That's how easy it is right there where blind trust for this vet to go, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm supposed to give her all, I'm supposed to give her this because she's in pain or it's an, it's an infection or whatever it is. And we just blindly do it, not knowing we have a choice. We don't have to do that. Even if you end up in that situation where they're saying you need something, you can still come home and get on with a holistic veterinarian and go, hey, this is what I was informed. Should I do this or is there another alternative? So even if you're caught in a situation, can they get a consult with someone like you? Yeah, I do do telehealth. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Because I feel like that's where shit can go sideways is rushing to the ER and, and then we're downhill, especially if you already have an old or sick dog. Yeah, and I think going back to the antibiotics, ask the questions, right? Because if... If you have an experienced vet, questions should not make them defensive, right? So if you have a vet who's comfortable in their position, comfortable with the knowledge they have, they should welcome every single question. And so that's one test that you can have for your vet. Is this the right vet for me? Do they welcome my questions? And when they don't know, do they tell me? I don't know. Let's find that out, right? Right. And if they say your dog needs this antibiotic or your dog needs this test, let's start with antibiotic. What, what are we, what's our purpose for the antibiotic? What are you thinking? Right. Is there an alternative? How important do you think that an- antibiotic is? Now, if I have a dog with pneumonia, I'm going to tell you, you need this antibiotic, right? right. We don't want to take a risk with the lungs. We've got to do it. We can't play around with that. If your dog has an abrasion, or a broken toenail, I'm not going to put them on antibiotics. Oh. If, if I can handle that wound in a way that is going to keep it clean, keep the bacteria away, then we're going to do that. We're not going to do anything systemic. So ask your vet, is there a way that I could do this without doing the oral antibiotic? Testing, you know, okay, you want x-rays. Now, I want a lot of tests as a doctor. We need tests in order to be able to give you the the best care, right? But your doctor should be able to explain really well and clearly why each test is. Because when you have a new green vet out of school, they're nervous, they're they're not experienced yet, and I was her, right? I'm just going to see how many tests they'll say yes to so I get an answer. Because they don't have that intuition yet. They don't have that experience yet. But you shouldn't pay for their inexperience. So ask them, okay, the x-ray, I see. So why why do you think that's important? What tests are the most important? If I was going to eliminate a test, which one would you eliminate? Can we take it step by step? Can we do this one test, see if we get the answer, and then do the next test? And they might get annoyed at you if they have a busy waiting room, well, too bad. You know, they, they can do one test and you can wait in the car, you know, and then it's, it, it might take longer, but that's, that's a possibility. So make sure that you, you're asking the questions. Don't just blindly say, yeah, just do whatever you want with my dog. Find out why they're doing it. They probably, you know, they might have very good reasons for doing it. And then you're educated and you know that when you're, they go over that test result, where you're going instead of just blindly putting your pet's care in the hands of someone that maybe you just met. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. 
That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health. Healing naturally. This is reminding me of Lucy, my first schnauzer that really started me on this journey because I lost her at age seven because I was doing everything my conventional vet told me to do. But when I couldn't figure out what was wrong with her, I got every test done. And then in eight weeks, when they still didn't know, they wanted me to do it all again. And then we're just saying after that, they were saying, we need to open her up and look around now since we can't figure out what's wrong. And this was Blue Mm -hmm. Pearl, huge emergency practice in Florida. And my little dog was just being, it was was an experiment. Mm -hmm. And, And what was I, I know what I did. I know what was wrong with her, feeding her. Karina, like I was told, I was over-vaccinating her like I was being told to. I put all the chemicals, flea and tick on her. I spent over 15000 I stopped counting at $15,000 in vet bills wow. that I had no business paying back in them days. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I got even got an autopsy and came back. The only thing they could find was irritable bowel. And now I know. I killed my own dog. I also watched them pass me around, take my money, continue to take my money, and me still find no relief for my dog, steroids, antibiotics, nonstop. And I get the steroids because I watched me give her steroids and her feel better for like an hour or two, not knowing Mm -hmm. I was also destroying her insides. So, you know, these are things that I feel like, do I wish I had known all that? You bet. And why it's my mission to share this much information because... I know when it started, started with diarrhea and throwing up and her losing her appetite. And I could have fixed it all myself mm-hmm. now that I know what I know. And yeah. that's what I want pet parents to know, especially new yeah. ones. And that's what, why you're on this path, right? So she took you to, she guided you to your path. Yeah. So I lost her at, at seven and my second schnauzer, um, 16 and a half. So I learned something <laughs> and got it right and continue to learn. Yeah. And I know that I've shortened dogs' lives that I saw, you know, when I did general practice for a year because I didn't know better, you know, and I, I, I will never forget those dogs. And that's why I do what I do. And that's why I'm so outspoken about it. And I don't care about the criticism anymore because it's too important. Right. And we think as pet parents, we think you come out of school and you know what you're, you know what to do. You just haven't necessarily practiced. So you're going to practice until you get better at it. But we think, you know, we think, you know, everything about diet and nutrition. We think you absolutely know about this awesome endocannabinoid system, Yeah, (laughs) you know, (laughs) and you don't. So I spend most of my time telling people, it's so funny, I just went to an industry event that was more of the Mars and the Zotuses and the big Mm -hmm. players. And I was on a round table and I had a guy who obviously looked me up, you know, went on my podcast and everything. And he goes, hey, I just wanted to say something, you know, I, I listened to your podcast, but, you know, you said that vets, you know, spend $250,000 on their education and they don't get taught about 
diet and nutrition. And that's just simply not true. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, no, it is true. I interview veterinarians who literally tell me that themselves. You must have went to a different school than I did. <laughs> and and he wasn't even a veterinarian. He just worked with them. I don't even know what he was. And I was just like, I didn't make this up. I was interviewing veterinarians when we got that, share that information. So I feel like we have to keep talking about it because people just don't understand it. Your doctor yeah. doesn't know about diet and nutrition either. That's no. why there's nutritionists. <laughs> yes, 100%, which it just blows my mind. And I hope someday that will change because we can't be healers without knowing nutrition. We really can't be a true healer without knowing that. I agree. And until we realize that in this vets and we demand it from the vet schools. And I think that's how it will go. I think if we start with the, the guardians and the pet parents, they're going to demand it from the vets and then the vets are going to demand it from the vet schools. And I think that's the only way we're going to get there eventually, I pray. But you can't be a healer without knowing nutrition. And I, 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 I realized that myself because you get this uncomfortable feeling, right? Someone asks you a question and you don't really know the answer. Like I remember clients being like, do you think this bag of food is good? Looks good. Looks good. The marketing looked great. Right. You know, could I read a, a label at that point? No. Did this, did the rep tell me it was a good food? Yeah. So it must be good. Does it have a picture of steak and peas and potato starch? And at that point, you're having lunch and learns, you're getting taught something you haven't been taught in vet school by a sales rep, but you get that uncomfortable feeling with, at least I did, talking to clients being like, actually, I don't know. And I don't like how that feels. And more vets need to say, okay, I'm not going to sit, just push through that feeling and keep going the way I'm going. More vets need to go, wait a second. I really actually don't know. Let me find out. Let me put the work in. Let me find the time because I want to be a true healer. I don't want to just do my shift and go home. Right. Or how about partner with that small independent retailer down the street that's selling all the good food and doing all the homework and research and everything and partner with them so you can just go, hey, Susie down the street sells great stuff. She knows better than I do. Go, go tell her what's happening. That's exactly how I started, Angela. I found a boutique pet store owner and I, she had great food. And I went and I was like, talk to her. I got to know her. And I sent all my patients to her until I finally got off my butt and learned it myself. <laughs> Good. We love those types of relationships. All right. Carter and I have decided we're going to play a little game with you. Okay. Like, Should I be nervous? <laughs> no. Yes. You know all afraid. the answers. <laughs> There's no prizes or punishments no. or anything, so don't worry about it. It's not like the squid game. What is it? Squid game where they like yes. shot yeah. you if you had yeah. the wrong answer. Yeah. My husband said, don't watch it. It's not for you. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is nothing like that. <laughs> nothing like that. Um, but yeah, we want to like kind of do rapid fire. Well, Carter, I'll let you take it away. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. everybody, everybody's got, especially young dogs or very hungry dogs that get into all sorts of stuff in their home. So we wanted to do a rapid fire. What if they eat this? Should we go to the vet or not? Are you ready? Okay. Go to the ER. Yeah, the Go ER. to the emergency. Right. Yeah. Right. So what if our dog eats a bunch of grapes? That's a tough one. A bunch of grapes, a lot of grapes. A handful of grapes. You don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We don't know how yeah. many grapes. 
do we ever really know how many grapes or whatever it is they ate? <laughs> we don't. It's true. It's true. To protect my butt, I would say come down. because, And I would say I try to make him vomit just to protect my license. Because research, we know that we've had cases where it causes renal failure. We don't know how many. Right. We've had labs who ate one and, and had renal failure and we've had dogs that ate a bunch and nothing happened. If my dog ate one grape, would I make him vomit? No, I wouldn't, to be honest. But if someone called and said my dog ate a bunch of grapes, I'd say, come down, let's make him vomit. But most ER vets will say you have to be in the hospital for 48 hours on IV fluids. I don't do that. You know, if and it depends, all depends on the dog and the state of the dog and the health of the dog. But if I can get them to vomit, if it may have only been a few, the dog's blood work is good, is in good health, I might check the blood work in 24 hours, make sure we're okay, give some fluids, sub-Q fluids just to make sure they're okay. But I'm not going to, and I give the op- owners the option, but I'm not going to say you absolutely have to do 48 hours IV fluids. So inducing vomiting. So I know how to induce vomiting. Is that something that a pet parent can do safely from home? that if they suspect that a whole bunch was ingested, that they can induce vomiting, then go to the ER? They can, and but I, I would like them to call their vet before they induce the vomiting and just get the dose of the hydro, hydrogen peroxide is what we would use. And depends on the dog, right? If this is an old dog that has some issues, or if it's a bulldog, a brachiocephalic breed, that if you make him vomit, he could aspirate. Then I would say just go straight down to the vet and let's do it as safely as we can. Okay. They'll give them an, an IV, apple morphine that is works even better than hydrogen peroxide. They'll vomit quicker and it's less foam and all of that. And we can reverse it so they feel, you know, they feel good with some serenia. Um, just take away their nausea. But if it's a Big old lab, you know, like a healthy lab and he ate some grapes. I'll say, yeah, try this amount of hydrogen peroxide. See if he vomits. If he doesn't, come down. And would you say that probably what's happening with these dogs that eat it and nothing happens and the ones that eat it and stuff happens is a healthy gut microbiome? Definitely could play a role for sure. Yeah, I love that. I love knowing. It was so funny. I was drinking my kombucha the other night and my partner goes, you know, don't drink too much kombucha. You know, you don't want to have too much overgrowth and, you know, you want to make sure you're not doing too much of it. And I was like, what? But Joe, I had myself a gin and tonic last night, which probably (laughs) killed a lot of those people, a lot of those healthy (laughs) microbes in my gut. So I'm actually rebuilding. So I love thinking of it that way, that knowing that was bad, probably messed my gut up. So I'm going to I'm going to help rebuild it and keep it healthy. I love knowing that mm-hmm. I have that power and we have that power with our pets also. 100%. Yeah. All right. Chocolate, same thing. Yeah. yeah. Same thing. What if um, I, I'm, yeah, a, and- I'm a big baker? What if I have like a pound of butter on and I'm letting it soften on the counter and I walk away? They eat a whole pound of butter. How do you, how do you feel about that? Yeah, that's, a, that's rough. Your dog's going to have severe GI upset. I would worry about pancreatitis. So I'm going to tell an owner, your, your dog, it's hard to vomit butter, right? I, I don't know that I'd be inducing a dog to vomit butter, but I would set that, that owner up with, you know, what's our plan for the next few days, bland diet. All right. Well, I've got the doozy one. 
They get into your marijuana stash. What do you do? (laughs) (laughs) So it, it depends what they get into, how much, and the dog's health state before they got into it and their symptoms. A lot of times it's puppies because they get into everything. So I see a lot of high puppies. And if it's a a happy puppy coming in and he's high, and one of the ways I can tell they're high, I mean, I can look at a dog, right, and tell they're high right away. So can I. And everyone's denying it in the room. Yeah. I'm like, well, I'm going to need a $2,000 MRI to diagnose this. And they're like, oh, I did it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So if it's a puppy that got into some marijuana, and they're a little ataxic imbalance. I can do this to their eyes and they're freak out. They're hyper aesthetic. They're very sensitive to light and movement and sound. They're okay. You know, we can give them a little sub-Q fluids just to support them through it, take them home, put them in a nice dark room and let them chill out. They may uh, urinate Um, and lose control of the urination for a few hours, and then it comes back. The problem we have is edibles, because edibles are with often sugar, xylitol, other ingredients, chocolate. I see a lot of chocolate toxicities with the edibles. That's more serious. If it's a dog that's already a sick dog, it's got chronic disease, it gets into something, and its low heart rate is going to make it more unstable because of the marijuana. Those are things we all take into effect. Maybe that dog needs hospitalization for a few hours just to make sure, just to be safe. We check their heart rate, their blood pressure, make sure those are fine. And then if it's chocolate toxicity, we're treating the chocolate toxicity. So if you've got a flower product from a dispensary, most likely you're going to be okay. They just need to get over it. Also want to share that if you do have a dog that's gotten into something that's not inedible and has doesn't have anything unnatural in it, it's not going to hurt them, CBD actually dampens the effects of THC. So if you got a dog that got into something, you literally can give them CBD and it will calm that down. So the pee, the peeing doesn't happen. The static ataxia goes away. And it's funny because I knew this. I learned at the University of Vermont School of Medicine's program cannabis program. And when I was treating Nina using THC, she got static ataxia and urinary incontinence from as a side effect. And I was like, urinary incontinence, when a Doberman is peeing on your restoration hardware chair, you really want to like fix that. (laughs) So I remembered that fact (laughs) and added a, a full dropper of our heels, our full spectrum hip extract with the 10 milligrams of THC. And it went away. No more side effects. Yeah, I was like amazed that it was that simple. Saved the chair, everything never happened again. So keep that in mind. I have to tell that to all my colleagues so they think I'm even crazier. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Have them try it. Let them try it. That's what I love. I can't tell you how many times I've done it with people, you know, with their pets. One of my stores was at the bottom of a luxury apartment building. And yeah always seeing dogs high or whatever and me going, your dog's high. And they're like, how do you know that? <laughs> I'm like, I know. And you know what, you guys, if you're using cannabis as medicine too, stay away from those edibles and those things that have the extra flavoring and coloring and ingredients that you don't want. They're not medicine. Those are recreational products and they really should be kept out of everybody's reach. Another thing that you need to keep in mind is that a lot of these gummies and edibles use isolates. 
And isolates, we don't have enough research to know what they do. And we do have research on isolates of CBD causing damage to the liver. So it's really important to make sure that the cannabis products that you're using are pure so that if your pet does get into it, we nobody gets hurt, including you. Well, that was fun. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I really want pet parents to have the confidence I do where I really feel like I can handle anything now. And I also feel like I have a team of veterinarians that I trust, holistic veterinarians that I can mm-hmm. get on a consult or yeah. text or email also. So I just want to know that you can really take control of your pet parents' life and have that team of veterinarians, your favorite veterinarians that you literally can do a consult on a on telemedicine with. Thank you for joining us. Yeah, and find these vets, you know, like Dr. Judy and me and find the vets online and learn from us. That's what we're there for. We want you to learn. We want to teach you so you can be that guardian that your pet needs and get the confidence that you need to make the right decisions and not hand it over to someone else. Thank you for educating us and all that you do. We appreciate you so much. Thanks for being Thank on the you. show. I appreciate you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com. Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at MycoDog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.